Hello everyone, you're listening to the Toy Photographers Podcast, the official podcast of toyphotographers.com. I'm your host, James Garcia, and I've got a special show for you this week because of the fact that uh, it's not really an episode. Um, As I'm sure you noticed, we didn't air last week, and I actually don't have a full interview for you this week. I was traveling this month, and as soon as I got back, I got hit with a pretty bad cold, which I'm sure you can still hear. I don't get sick often, but when I do, it really knocks me down, so I've been doing nothing but working and sleeping for the past week. Uh, I haven't taken any photos for like two weeks, and I was up late Friday night trying to meet my deadline for yesterday's blog post. I'm bouncing back from my cold now, which means I'm back to work on the show, I'm reaching out to people that I can't wait to talk to, and I'm excited for the next few months of the show. In the meantime, I didn't want to leave you with nothing this week and probably next week, so I thought I'd open the floor to your questions. Uh, I love the new Instagram story feature where you can ask a person questions and they respond in their stories. I just started doing that myself this weekend. You can check some of those out on my page. Ever since the show started, people have been asking me when I would be in the interview chair and talk about my own work. Uh, It was Christina suggesting that that eventually led us to doing our monthly themed episodes together those all started because she was interested in my creative process. Uh, I've hesitated to make an episode about myself because I didn't want to come off as self-serving. I created this show so that I could interview other people and get into their heads and talk about their work. I wasn't ever really interested in talking about myself, but I understand that the longer the show goes on, the more you guys get to know about me and want to know about me. So I, I know some people have questions. So soon I'll be recording a special episode of the show where I'm in the hot seat. My wife Jordan is going to interview me, and I've already solicited questions from others on the blog like Brett, Shelly, and Lizzie. But I want your questions too. I'm not sure how the episode will be structured yet, but I'll find a way to answer them on air, either in a lightning round or a Q&A session or something like that. Uh, you can send questions to me to answer on the show on Instagram, where I've got a Q&A saved in the highlights of my page. You can even send me an Instagram message. Um, my username there is therealjames23. You can also comment on the blog post for this episode at toyphotographers.com. I'll read those and respond to those. Or you can shoot me an email at toyphotographypod at gmail.com. And that's not all. I've got another surprise for you guys this week. Even though it's not toy photography related, I thought this would be a fun listen to anyone who's interested. My cousin, Caleb Garcia, does podcasts and video work of his own, and recently he interviewed my grandfather, Ron Garcia. Ron is a cinematographer and has worked in Hollywood since the 70s. He's worked on films and a ton of television work on shows like the Hawaii Five-O reboot, Rizzoli and Isles, Gilmore Girls, and most famously, Twin Peaks. He was the cinematographer for the Twin Peaks pilot and for the film Fire Walk With Me. Caleb's interview with Ron was all about what it was like working on Twin Peaks, so if you're into the show or at all interested in what a cinematographer has to say about his work, I've included their full interview in this episode, with Caleb's permission, of course. You can find more of his work on his website, kleberty.com. That's K-A-Y-L-E-B-R-T-Y.com. Uh, thank you all for bearing with me while I've been down. It means a lot to me that you guys listen to the show, and I'm excited to see what questions you have for me. So please do send those in. And until next time, here's Caleb's interview with Ron Garcia on the secret history of Twin Peaks. I shot the pilot... Not the series and the feature, Fire Walk With Me. I went to go visit my crew that was there, that they stayed, and they were, they were, it was like the end of the second year, and they were toast. If you ever wanted to know what toast meant, you gotta see David Lynch's crew. Yeah. They were just fried. And I went home, 
So glad I'm not here. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm just visiting. I'm curious what Mark Frost is like. He's a sweetie. He's very funny. Very, uh, very, very good guy. Yeah. 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 He's really. Uh, uh, well, I shot his feature. I shot back to back. I did Firewalk with me, and then I did Storyville. We went to New Orleans to do Storyville. That oh, he wrote great. and directed it. Yeah. Oh, Diane, I almost forgot. Got to find out what kind of trees these are. They're really something. It's really, it's really nice up there. Uh, the, when we were doing the pilot, it must have been the feature, because for about two months, I realized that we were out shooting whatever we were shooting. And uh, we saw, I saw my shadow. And I hadn't seen my shadow in two <laughs> in two months. Because of all the shade from the, the trees, all the rain and the dark clouds yeah. and stuff, and and Some we all realized rain. that as soon as that sun peeked through after two two and a half months, we were there I think four months, and we were all like happy. We were all like, hey, we oh, we, we just got revived. Can I get you anything to go with that, Sheriff? Agent Cooper here might want to try a slice of that pie, a cherry pie. Best in the Tri-Counties. David and I, when we were scouting back and forth and decide what, what we were going to shoot, uh, they, this person made homemade pies. David and I are sitting there having coffee. I said, David, there's nothing more American than hot coffee yeah. and homemade pie in a diner like this. What better place when you're traveling in the United States and you stop in this little diner and the pie is just delicious because it's homemade. They bring it in every day. They bake it at night because it, it to help <laughs> they make a little more money and stuff. Yeah. It's just all homegrown. It was just great. Yeah, the t-shirt I got says Twin Peaks, cherry pie and a damn good cup of coffee. A damn good <laughs> cup of coffee. <laughs> yep. You know, this is, excuse me, a damn fine cup of coffee. I've had, I can't tell you how many cups of coffee in my life, and this, this is one of the best. Well, the location manager found a lot of places, and David and I, and the production designer, she's now passed away. David called me, I was on some between features or something, and David called me and said, Ron, he said, Do you, can you go up to, to Seattle and shoot some establishing shots? Because you know the show, yada, 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 yada. I went, yeah, that sounds like fun. There was a bird sitting there, and I shot it. Right. When, I'm on, when I'm on a set and we're shooting, I look around, and while David's, not only David, but all the directors, I go, they're going to need some of the, if we're on location, they're going to need some of the stuff that they can't see. Yeah. So I'd have my cameraman, my operator, and myself, we just shoot away the, the trees that were blowing in the wind. <laughs> Shot that? No, it's because I went. It's amazing. This is what this is supposed <laughs> to be spooky. So I'm shooting uh, the wind. We shot over a million feet of film. David's first cut was four and a half hours, <laughs> and the missing pieces had to be taken out. Yeah. So when David called me and said, "Do you want to come to the premiere of Missing Pieces?" I assumed. He took all the, and made his own cut like he should have done with Dune. Yeah, yeah. And and a director's cut because all the directors, Scorsese and all those guys, their cuts are their original movies about four hours. Yeah. So, so I thought, I just assumed, which is wrong to do, that <laughs> it was 
the firewalk with me with everything in it with with uh, who's the rock guy that's in it uh, Bowie oh, David oh yeah David Bowie yeah, Bowie. yeah. and um, Kiefer Sutherland and yeah. had a whole scenes with him gone yeah so I went to the premiere and and the, or the opening there on the Vista uh, so he had it there it's it's now a revival place which is cool because it's a cool location you know that right there and and red carpet i had they told me to walk the red carpet and all this stuff and there's all these photographers and and the, uh, the stars hadn't got there yet and i went wow this turned into kind of a big deal so i go and i sit there and we're waiting and waiting and waiting finally david walks in walks down the aisle before the film started Goes up to the little stage in front of the screen, pulls out a piece of paper, sets it down, and he starts reading from it. And it, he starts off, wood is a fine thing. <laughs> and that's how he starts. Much happiness can come from observing a tree, and the same can be said about observing the many shapes fashioned out of wood. Quite often, when we are talking about beauty, we are talking about wood. <laughs> and he talks about yes, wood, because he, he's, a, he's a furniture maker. He makes his own furniture and stuff. Oh, yeah. He's all into carving wood oh, and shit yeah. and stuff. So that's what he was talking about. And then he went, thank you, folds it up, puts it in his pocket, and walks out. Uh, so I'm sitting there, and the lights go off, and then the movie starts, and it's, he just butted all the outtakes that the editor had of all the scenes that, that couldn't go into the movie, just back to back to back to back. And then at the end, he had the, the black and white trailer of him talking 25 years later to the, mm. to the guest, to Laura, to uh, uh, Palmer, the dad. But that came on, and David's in it. You've seen that, of course, when he talks to all of us. So I went, okay. So yeah. he's going to do the series, and then You're I was the I was I was up for the for that, and the producer wanted me and stuff, and he goes, Ron, he says, I you know I love you to death, Ron, but but uh, you know I've been shooting with this guy, and he just finished a two hundred million dollar movie. They shot Kodak, I shot Fuji, oh, and I got those colors from Fuji. Yeah, and David wanted yeah. me to use those browns, uh, very warm. Yeah, he, he David goes, Ron, Ron, it's corals. Warm. Corals are the filters and stuff. So I, I tried the corals and the way corals work for Kodak, but they don't work for Fuji because the films are really different. Yeah, I was going to ask. And and so I, I came up with it with the help of the the, I guess they're called the film designers, but mm -hmm. they they're the ones that chemically design the film. That's how it's going okay. to react with light, how it's going to be souped, and how it's going to be washed, and how much silver is going to come in and come out, that kind of stuff. And I talked to him from Japan, and I said, I'm looking for, David's looking for a warm color, and he wants me to use corals, and as you probably know, corals aren't very good the way you've got your, your film design. Mm -hmm. So he said, he thought about it, and he said, uh, there's a color correction filter when you shoot uh, interior film when you go outside it's blue because it's blue light during the day yeah. the way films balance right so um, there's an 85 we call it an 85 filter an LLD that goes in front 
that compensates for the blue, it, it matches the tungsten uh, curves for warm light. Because this is all warm light. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, he said, double it, put two 85s oh. in it. So I wasn't happy about that because two of those filters knocked down my, my, the stop of the film by two stops. In the interior, I went, uh-uh, nope, nope. So, so, so the, but I used the, the, the double 85 uh, daylight filter, they call it, uh, to w when we were exterior. And there was a lot of exterior there. So when yeah. I went interior, I, I put the gels on the, on the, uh, on the, on the lights the way, the way I was used to with Fuji anyway. And it's different. It just looks different. And it's not that the other cameraman is, 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 is not as good as I am. It's just that the combination I used, and I kept telling, and David, we'd sit there, he goes, Ron, you got that coral filter on? I go, yeah, Dave. <laughs> it's on there. Why well, another to because, two of them. <laughs> because when, when I showed him, the, when we tested it and got the color he wanted, he goes, that's it, Ron. That's it. <laughs> you know, and I, and, and I had thrown away the corals and used the 85s and didn't tell them <laughs> until the end. They said the person we're looking for is a biker. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like a hog to me. Holy smoke. Holy. When I went there and saw the zombies working on the yeah. stage the, it, this, at the end of the second year, the, uh, Frost and, and David were talking, and I'm sitting there, we're having a cup of coffee, chatting, bullshitting, and, 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 he, and they, uh, when, when I walked up, they were having a conversation, and they finished the conversation with me there because they both of them had lived with me for I don't know how many months on both their films. so. I came in and I heard, yeah, Mark, we did a bad thing. We just went too far with the oh. with the uh, oh, I, oh with the supernatural with, with, with kind the of supernatural stuff. stuff at the end yeah, of yeah. season two and stuff. Just like when I went up to shoot, he when he asked me to go shoot the um, uh, establishing shots of the houses and the diner and the the, the whatever that. Bar was with the had a ba had a gun in front of it, neon gun saying "bang bang." You know? <laughs> yeah. So we're having lunch. I got this Canadian crew. A lot of Canadians come down there because Seattle is so close. I had this yeah. crew. They're great guys, and we're having lunch, we're going out to be uh, in between shooting locations and stuff. And I was shooting. I went, "Oh, David." So now I understand the movie. After I had no idea what I was shooting with David at the beginning. When I read the script, I went, this is Peyton Place, and I just threw it in the trash. I went, this is bullshit. And my agent, which I apologized years later, at my award dinner in front of 1,600 people, I, uh, he kept saying, take the meaning. Take the meaning. So I went there, and I got hired, and, and uh, I still don't understand the movie half the time then, but but uh, I'm glad I did because it's the only thing that people know. When I say my tiles, they go, no, 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 Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks? Yeah. I, I had no less than three interviews in the same amount of years 
from uh, the Japanese would come over and interview me to ask oh, for really? the secrets of Twin Peaks because Japan went Loved ballistics really? on that show. Really? There was a whole series that I shot of Georgia coffee in Japan. Georgia. Yeah. And they must have liked Georgia, the state of Georgia, for some reason. Huh. And and uh, they had this star in television who was like a a, a, a cop, a, a lieutenant yeah. or something, a, a detective. And he and Kyle, McLaughlin, are are yeah, <laughs> are are a team, and they're trying to solve a movie in Twin Peaks. Yeah. So we shot a whole series of them. Uh, I made a lot of money on that one. Shelley. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. It's called Georgia coffee. Comes in a can. Tastes as good and rich as any cup of coffee I've ever had. It's true. Are you Ken? Yes. A beautiful woman left this here for you. Georgia ni makasero. The the script that we were supposed to shoot as a pilot, the fourth, the third, I think the third day of shooting, we were already a week behind of yeah. the schedule. Because it, it, both Mark and David had this idea, and and then when it started, David just he meditates a lot. He at, at lunchtime he goes into yeah. transcendental meditation. So he comes out of that room all fired and full of <laughs> piss and Ideas. vinegar, and he's like, "Yeah, I got a new." Idea. But he didn't say that. But you <laughs> could tell he just started shifting, and they threw the script away. The one that I read and threw in the trash, and then we no one knew what we were doing and what what the tone was. The actors kind of did because da that's David's tone. Yeah. The the comedy came from them not thinking or wanting to, to know it was a comedy. There is a shot where the Grace, the mother, gets a phone call and she goes ah. And falls apart and then drops the phone. Yeah. Or Leland drops. Uh, somebody drops the phone and the yeah. phone's just oh, yeah. hanging there. Yeah. And it's kind of like, and there's this, David wanted everything slow, 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 slow. <laughs> so it says pan up the cord or, or it's pan down from the phone, down the cord, with Bella Menti's music going, nah, nah, <laughs> getting you deeper down the rabbit hole. Nah, nah, and then she screams. You could hear a scream over the little speaker <laughs> of the phone. When I got down to that, Peggy broke into this horrendous laugh. <laughs> and just started laughing her ass off and went, God, you can't be You know, this is green. I'll never work with this guy again. And she and then after she started doing that, then the audience started laughing. And then pretty soon the jokes that Mark had mm. put in there came to fruition because they, the they, thought, they thought they were watching Eraserhead. Nobody yeah. laughs in Eraserhead. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, so I was just, I went, oh, <laughs> she knew what was going on. I didn't have a clue. I was, when you shoot, you're still kind of involved in the mechanics of it. Cooper, uh, how do you take it? 
black as midnight on a moonless night. Pretty black. Um, 